So we are going to start a new series this week called At the Movies. What we're going to do for the next four weeks is we're going to take a movie and talk about how it relates to Scripture, how Scripture talks about that. And uh, now you guys watching online, unfortunately you can't see the video. We have a license to show video clips in church, but we cannot show them online. So you'll hear the sound. You can go to YouTube and find the clip later if you'd like, but uh, you won't be able to see that. So if you have your Bibles, turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1, if you would. And Junior, what we're going to do, we're going to show the scripture first, and then we'll show the video clip here. How many of you have ever struggled with fear? Ever been afraid of anything? Okay, some of you are liars, I think. <laughs> or you're just totally fearless. I don't know which. If you're fearless, I want to know the trick. Uh, this is a big one for me because when I was younger, I was paralyzed by fear. I was terrified of a lot of different things. And at some point when I gave my heart to the Lord, he finally said, you can't let fear keep you from doing stuff. Um, but when I was a kid, my grandparents were farmers. I've told you before. They had a rooster. This rooster's name was Rocky. And Rocky's entire purpose in living was to paralyze me and terrify me and torment me. This rooster could hear me coming from the other side of the farm. Like he could be an acre away, I think, and would find me. I remember he would chase me everywhere. And I remember one time when I was little, I was running from Rocky and I tripped. And have you ever been run over by a rooster? <laughs> he literally ran over me. Like I tripped and he ran over my body and stepped on my face and kept going. So my entire life, I've been a little nervous around chickens. I'll just be honest. They have a beady eye that just, you know. So I eat chicken all the time now. And I think, Rocky, <laughs> this is for you. He may still be alive. I don't know. He's, evil things don't die. But, so all of us have struggled with fear sometime, and in Scripture we see over 80 times God uses the word fear. Over 80 times Scripture uses the word fear to talk to us. And in 2 Timothy chapter 1, Paul was, was talking to his protege, Timothy. He was a young man that he brought up, and he was kind of releasing Timothy to be a pastor. And he was talking about using the gifts God had given him. And in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, Paul says this, God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. In other words, he was saying, Timothy, don't allow fear to dictate your life, but allow the Holy Spirit to work through you. And we see again in Deuteronomy chapter 31, when God was talking to Joshua and the Israelites, they were taking over the land that was promised to them. He said, don't be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will never, neither fail you nor abandon you. Again, he was saying, go do what I've called you to do because I will be with you. Now, the movie we're going to look at this week is The Secret Life of Pets 2. If you haven't seen it, I don't want to ruin the movie for you. It's a great movie. They're both great movies. But kind of the gist of this movie is the little dog, Max, is struggling with fear. Uh, his little boy that he is kind of the protector of is growing up and going to school, and they live in New York City. And so he is always thinking about what bad things could happen to the little guy. And so kind of the whole movie is Max's journey of learning how not to be afraid, not to struggle with fear. Now, are any of you guys ever afraid of going to the doctor? Ever been there? How about the dentist? All right. So we're going to see a little clip here of kind of how Max is having to deal with some fear of the doctor.
So there's a lot of scary stuff out there. So part of this information came from a thing I read by a guy named Chris Beal. He did a really good kind of synopsis of fear. But what is fear? Let's talk about fear a little bit. What is fear? If we really get deep down and we look at what fear is, fear is really misplaced faith. Fear is really misplaced faith. Craig Rochelle, he's a pastor, he says, fear is really faith in the wrong things. Fear is kind of putting trust in the maybes or the what ifs or the what could happen, right? Instead of really putting faith in God and trusting him. And so just kind of a case study in Exodus chapter 3, we see a guy named Moses. Now, most of you probably have heard the story of Moses. Moses was a young man who was uh, protected from the Egyptians by being put in a basket and put in a river. They were supposed to kill all the baby boys because Pharaoh didn't want uh, another person coming up. And he was raised as an Israelite, but he was raised by an Egyptian in the king's household. So he kind of had this inheritance. And then he kind of realized that he was an Israelite and he wasn't really living as an Israelite. And he saw an Israelite being attacked by an Egyptian. He killed the Egyptian, hit him in the sand, must have left a foot sticking up because somebody found him. Found out Moses did it. So Moses had to run. When he got out, you remember the story, when he got out in the wilderness, God spoke to him through a burning bush and told him he was the one to deliver the Israelites. He said, I have chosen you to be the guy who delivers my people from slavery. They've been in slavery for long enough. It's time for them to go. And Moses was a little bit what? Scared. He was a little bit nervous. What could happen if I do what God has asked me to do? And so we see that he had a couple different questions. He said, who am I, right? Who am I? We'll see this up on the screen. Some of the questions that Moses asked, who am I? Who am I to do this? You ever felt that way? God, who am I to raise these kids? I have no idea what I'm doing. Lord, who am I to talk to my neighbor about you? What if I mess up? Lord, who am I to lead this ministry? Who am I to help with preschool or youth or kids church? Who am I to do this job that you've given me? Well, suppose they ask who you are. How do I explain what you've done in my life? What if they don't believe me? You ever felt that way? What if they don't believe what I'm saying about you? What if they don't believe that you've spoken to me? God, I'm not a good speaker. <laughs> Please send someone else. And at this point, God almost nuked him, right? I said, God got really frustrated with him and finally said, okay, go get your brother. You ever felt like any of these things? Lord, send someone else to do this. I can't do this. Fear is kind of putting faith in what could happen rather than in what God can do through us. And this is something that we all struggle with. Like Max in the movie, The Little Dog. <laughs> what, what if, what if, what if this happens to my kid? What if that happens? What if this happens? All right? Faith is kind of putting, thing, putting faith in our shortcomings or putting faith in our lack of abilities or putting faith in our fear instead of what God can do through us. Sometimes we look at all the bad stuff that could happen instead of the good things that God could do through us. Sometimes God pushes us out of our comfort zone a little bit, doesn't he? Hey, I want you to do this ministry. Hey, I want you to step out and do this. Hey, I want you to marry this person. Hey, I want you to do this. And we think, oh, but, but what, but, but, but. And this is what uh, Chris Beal said. This is what I got from him. Our deepest fear reveal what we value the most. Our deepest fears reveal what we value the most. If we're constantly afraid of losing our marriage, it reveals that we what? We value our marriage. 
if our deepest fears reveal that uh, something could happen to our kids, it means we value our kids, right? Our job, we value security. If we're afraid of becoming sick, it means we value our health. This is not a bad thing, guys. This is not bad, but this reveals what we cherish the most. And we have to realize that God cares for us. God cares about the things that we value, but we have to trust Him. And so our fears reveal what we value the most, but they also reveal where we trust the least. If I'm constantly worried about losing my job, if I'm constantly worried about my family, if I'm constantly worried about this, it means I'm not trusting God enough in those areas. Now, am I saying it's not okay to be nervous about things? No. Everybody, we see throughout Scripture, people were nervous. But we have to learn to trust God more than we fear other things. Is it okay to be afraid for your marriage? Yeah. But we have to trust God for it, right? We have to trust God to send our kids to school. We have to trust God to step outside, right? We have to trust God before we do all these things. So, guys, we have to trust Him more than we trust in fear. So I want you to take just a moment and think about what are my biggest fears? What are the things that I am scared of the most? Am I scared of getting the coronavirus? Am I scared of losing my job? Am I afraid of whatever that is? And write that down. And I'll tell you why here in a moment. But how do we overcome our biggest fears? How do we overcome our fears? Well, I've got a little clip here that'll show us kind of a way to do this.
So when the Bible talks about us being sheep, I think of that. That's why you need a shepherd, right? So how do we overcome our biggest fears? Well, I love the line that he said to Max in the movie. He said, the first step of not being afraid is acting like you're not afraid, right? Well, we see in Scripture that one of the best ways to do it is to acknowledge our fears. We need to acknowledge our fears to ourselves and to others. Sometimes I think if I just ignore a fear, it'll go away. But that doesn't really help, does it? You have to acknowledge that fear. We have to help us realize what they are and help others to get us past that. So we acknowledge them, and then we trust God through our fears. We trust Him. I have to trust that God is bigger than whatever it is I'm afraid of. I have to trust that God has my best interest at heart, that He cares for me, and that He says that He'll watch out for me. As we saw, He said, He doesn't give us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and love and self-discipline, or a sound mind. I have to trust that God is going to get me through this thing. Now, does this mean I should just go bungee jumping? No. I know every time I get on a roller coaster, I think, Lord, I am so sorry for doing this with this life you've given me. Please keep me safe. Um, In Psalm 56, verses 3 and 4, David said, When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. In God, whose word I praise, in God I trust, and I am not afraid. What can mere people do to me? David said, when I'm afraid, in Psalm 56, I trust in who? You. I don't trust in myself. I don't trust in my abilities. I trust in God to watch out for me. I trust in God to help me do those things. When David wrote this psalm, do you know what he was doing? Running for his life. God had made him, anointed him to be the next king of Israel, but there was already a king named Saul who was a little bit crazy. And he was chasing David and trying to kill him. And he said, when I'm afraid, God, I trust in you. So whatever God tells us to do, he will help us to do it. This doesn't mean go out and find some dangerous hobby. This doesn't mean that I should just go do crazy stuff and say, well, I'm just going to trust God. I'm going to walk through traffic with my eyes closed. No, don't do that. Take precautions. Use wisdom. Use your brain. But trust God to help you get through the things that he calls you to do. He acknowledged his fear, and he said, I trust God through that fear. I trust him to get me through this. And here's the biggest thing, guys. We remember that fear doesn't change the fact that God is in charge. Just because I'm afraid doesn't mean that God is not in charge anymore. Just because I'm nervous doesn't mean that God's not in charge anymore. When I'm afraid, I have to remember that he's still in control. I love that line. The first step to that, to Being afraid, not being afraid is to act like you're not afraid. We have to remember that he is bigger than my fears. He's bigger than my situation. David said, what can mere mortals do to me? David was talking about a king who had an army chasing David, trying to kill him. He said, I have to remember that God is bigger than my situation. I have to remember that God is bigger than the coronavirus. I have to remember that God is bigger than my finances. I have to remember that God is bigger than this problem or this issue. He said, I trust in him. I don't try to do it on my own. I do it through him. So he had to learn that there was a bigger picture. He had to learn that he had to take a step back and say, even though all this stuff is going on, there's still a God who's in charge. So this means in our lives, when we're facing something, when I'm facing a financial challenge, when I'm facing a health challenge, when I'm facing problems in my marriage, when I'm facing problems with my kids, when my boss is being a jerk or my 
coworkers making life really difficult for me, or someone on my team is making life difficult, or whatever it is, this teacher picks on me. I have to understand that God is bigger than all of those situations. I have to remember that there's a God who is in charge, who's bigger than all this stuff that I'm facing. So whenever we come to those things, we acknowledge it. God, I, I'm afraid of this. But I'm going to trust you because your word says that you'll never leave me. You'll never fail me. Your word says that you're bigger. Your word says that with God, all things are possible. I'm going to pray this psalm that David prayed. Lord, when I'm afraid, I trust in you. And God, I put my hope in. I'm going to remember Psalm 18 that says, My God is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my place of safety. I'm going to remember these things. I'm going to remember that you're bigger than all this stuff. So how do we live without life? How do we live life without a debilitating fear? How do we live life without allowing fear to control us? Well, there's a clip at the end of this movie, and this little dog finally realizes that he has to let stuff go. Now, they never say God in the movie, uh, but he does learn a lesson that we can apply here. So... So we have to understand that life is going to change. Life is going to throw things at us. So how do we live without allowing fear to control our lives? 
Well, the first thing we have to do is we have to give our fears to the Lord. We've acknowledged them. We've trusted God through them. Now we give them to him. We, we can't hold on to these things forever. And you know, guys, some of us have had fears that have, we've lived with for so long, it's almost become a part of us, hasn't it? Some of us are terrified of losing someone, or we're terrified of something happening, and we've had these fears for so long that it's almost a comfort zone to us. And God asks us to step out of that. God asks us to step away from that and say, all right, Lord, I'm not going to allow fear to control my life anymore. I'm going to give this fear to you. I'm going to give this thing to you. I'm not going to allow this anymore. I'm not going to allow this to keep me from living, to keep me from doing the things you've called me to do. Now, again, I'm not saying, well, I've been afraid of bungee jumping, so a preacher told me to go bungee. No, I did not tell you to do that. All right. I am saying that if God is asking you to do something, if God is putting you in a situation, don't allow fear to keep you from doing that. Don't allow fear to keep you from allowing your kids to grow up. That's kind of what the whole point of this movie was. He had to let this kid go and go to preschool. He couldn't control it anymore. Some of you are sending kids off to college for the first time or the second time or the third time. Some of you are putting kids in preschool or school the first time. Some of you are moving into an empty nest. Some of you are moving to a new job, a new position, having grandkids for the first time. Whatever it is, we have to allow God to do that work. In Psalm 34, verse 4, again, David said, I sought the Lord and he answered me. And listen to this. He delivered me from all my fears. David said, I went to God, and I said, Lord, I'm giving this to you, and God delivered him from that. Now, does this mean fear is never going to come back? Absolutely not. But it means that we can live life through that. We can trust God through those fears. I know I'm really scared of heights. Some of you know that. Some of you have fun with it. Uh, But it seems like all the time I'm getting pushed out of that. I have to get out and go through that. I remember right after I got on the fire department, we were doing a training where they were venting a roof on a two-story house, and they said, hey, Rex, carry this chainsaw up to him on the, on the roof. Yeah, I want to climb a ladder to a second floor with a running chainsaw. That's a great idea. So then I get to the top, and I think, okay, I made it. And they said, now, you stay there and make sure he stays safe. So I got to stand on this ladder for like half an hour with a chainsaw. It was great. But you know what? The whole time, I prayed a lot that day, and I got through it. And I never told them I was afraid. I said, oh, I'm fine. I'm good. Yeah, I'm great, you know. So there's probably hand grip marks in the ladder by the time I got done but he said don't look down David said I sought the Lord it means I went to God and I said Lord I give this fear to you I give this fear to you and when he said delivered me it means he rescued me like we saw in the video where he pulled that sheep out of that tree God rescued David from his fears God allowed David to live his life even though those fears came and it's related to a terror so God says, come to me and you can give me those fears and I will help you live life through that. And guys, some of us live with this this cloud of fear, this cloud of dread over our heads and we don't have to live that way. David said, God delivered me from those things. God delivered me from that, that constant terror, that constant fear of the unknown, that constant fear of things that come into my life. And then lastly, we trust that God is in control of our tomorrows. We trust that God is the one who's in control. No matter what happens in life, we trust that God is in control of all things, all those tomorrows. Guys, this means that I have to trust that God is never going to leave me. I have to trust that God is already there before me. I have to trust that God has a plan for my life, and he's going to allow that plan to work. Well, I say, how do you know? 
Well, in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, we quote this all the time. Paul says, we know that God causes what? Everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purposes for them. He says, if God has a plan for you, he's going to cause everything to work together for the good. Now, when I say everything, does that mean just good stuff? No, it means bad stuff too. It means God is going to allow the good things and the bad things to work together for his plan for our lives. So you might be saying, well, pastor, I'm going through a medical thing right now. Yeah, and God's going to cause that to work for the what? Good. Pastor, I'm having financial difficulties. Yeah, God's going to work that together for the good. God's going to get you through those things. So I'm going to ask the worship team to come up today. And we're going to take a few moments here to pray. So I'm going to ask you to stand with me if you're physically able. Those of you watching at home, uh, if you can get up, that'd be great too. We're going to pray together. So Father, we come this morning and we thank you that you're God who's bigger than every situation, every circumstance, and every fear that we come into contact with. <laughs> Lord, we thank you that your word says you cause all things to work together. David says that you delivered him from his fears. Lord, your word says that you will never leave us or forsake us or fail us or abandon us. But Lord, you're always there. So I just pray for each and every one of us in this room, every one of us watching at home. Father, I pray for all those who are struggling with fear. Maybe fear of the future. Maybe fear of things from the past. Maybe fear of people, fear of diseases, fear of the unknown, fear of financial needs. Father, whatever that is, Lord, would you speak to our hearts today and let us know that you're bigger than every single fear. Lord, there might be some here, some watching at home, that have never started a relationship with you. They've never asked you to forgive their sins and never begun this walk with you. And they want to do that today. Lord, we're going to pray for that as well. So with every head bowed, every eyes closed here, I'm going to ask you, if you're here today and you say, you know what, Pastor Rex, I've never started this relationship with Jesus that you're talking about. I, I've known about him. I've talked about him. I might have talked to him, but I've never asked him to forgive my sins. I've never asked him to make me a new person. If that's you, would you slip your hand up right where you're at? We just want to pray with you today, right where you're at. So we're going to do, we're going to say a prayer, all of us here, and I'm asking all of you at home as well to say this prayer with me. This is just a simple prayer for those that raise their hands and just talking to God and saying, you know what, I want to start this new life. This is not some kind of magical chant, magical prayer. This is just you talking to the Lord. But repeat this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for loving me. Thank you for coming to this earth and dying in my place. And I admit that I've made mistakes. I've sinned. And I'm sorry for that. Please forgive me. Come into my life. Make me new. Help me to live for you every single day. In Jesus' name, amen. The Bible says if you pray that prayer, it says that he makes you a brand new person inside. It means he takes all the old stuff, all the mistakes, all the problems, and he makes us new. So if you prayed that prayer, I'm going to ask you to talk to one of us that's up here. Send us a message if you're watching online. We'd love to talk with you about that. So now I'm just going to take a moment. I'm going to pray, and you can have your eyes open. But how many of you would say, you know what? I want to be delivered from fear. There's fears that just hang over my head. They, they live with me all the time. I want to be delivered from that. If you, would you just lift your hand up right where you're at? 
There's just fear in my life. I want to get rid of it. I don't want to allow fear to control my life anymore. So we're going to pray right where you're at. I'm just going to ask you to take a moment and say, Lord, I acknowledge those fears to you. You can name them and say, I want to be different. I want to have these fears taken away. So Father, I pray for all these who raised their hands, for those who didn't, all those at home. God, would you deliver us from these fears? As we name these things to you, would you help us to get rid of these things that hold us back from living life the way you've called us to? Lord, there are some there that have had fears so long it feels almost like a pet, like a part of our life. God, would you deliver us from these fears? Would you keep these things from hindering us and living our lives the way you've called us to? Father, I pray that you give grace and give boldness to those. Lord, would you help us to live our lives in a way that honor you and do the things you've called us to do? In Jesus' name, amen.